A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We're converting people one stomach at a time to what fresh food can taste like. You use whatever you can use and respect every bit of it. You know, if it's in season, you use it. We need to study and we need to read and we need to know about our region and what it's doing before we can start putting things on dishes. G'day and thanks for joining me for another episode of the Quicksand Food Connection podcast. Today I speak with Bruce and Fiona from Montrose Berry Farm in Sutton Forest. It's an absolutely beautiful place. They produce all sorts of different types of berries. They put on public picking days. They have a farm shop where you can buy produce that's made out of their berries like jams, vinegars and sauces. They have some interesting insights into berry production in this conversation and Fiona actually also gave us a beautiful berry pudding recipe for the cookbook. So I had a great day out there. It's a beautiful farm and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Bruce and Fiona from Montrose Berry Farm in Sutton Forest. Okay, so Fiona and Bruce from Montrose Berry Farm, thank you so much for contributing to this publication as a producer and also as chefs or country cooks. Thanks for being a part of it. Absolute pleasure. Um, I grow it and mow it, and yeah. Fee's your chef, so I don't even enter that field. Yeah. He just tries it. Yeah, yeah. great. I, I experiment on him. <laughs> I should be 20 kilos heavier than I am. I know, but, you do. Uh, yeah. I don't know where you hide it. Um, so just to start off with, do you want to just tell us a bit about Montrose Berry Farm, you know, its origins and um, where it all started? Yes, I'll, I'll go through the history if you like and then um, if you can talk about the products that we uh, yeah. produce maybe. Um, the, the place was developed in the 1830s by the Badgery family, uh, the original Badgeries of New South Wales and... Um, the uh, this uh, this property itself has a her- the garden is heritage listed, and the house is heritage listed, and uh, so uh, the one son of the original Badger Badgery uh, uh, family lived here, and their parents lived in Ex- uh, Vine Lodge in Exeter, and they actually established the church and the town of Exeter to have a workforce for their mm-hmm. farm in the 1830s and 18 through the 1860s. Uh, and the other son lived just across the valley here, uh, you know, 500 metres away in a house called Boscobel. So this whole area was dominated by the Badgery family. Yeah. And uh, so hence there's a lot of history here from a New South Wales point of view. Um, it's been a um, berry farm since the early 90s. And uh, the berry farm here was developed in conjunction with uh, research that CSIRO was doing with the previous owner. The Hutchinsons, and um, the they identified it as a as a good area to grow berries. And so, when we bought the place, uh, the Hutchinsons, it was their home as well. And uh, they were in the 80s, and it was pretty run down, but the bones of it were there. Mm-hmm. So it gave us a great opportunity to build on. 
and so we and they also had a wedding business here yep. which we actually uh, uh, took on as well yep. uh, because Fee's background uh, is apart from being a chef she was a she's got a lot of function organizing experience and uh, dealing with people mm-hmm. uh, so it was a good combination like we, we had the production side out in the paddock which um, I look after and Fee looks after the people and the product side. Yep. Beautiful. So, um, and and speaking on the sort of the things that you do have out in the paddock, do you want to give us a bit of a rundown of what what you've got out there? Yeah, well, well we have uh, three farms actually. Uh, this one here, we have uh, boysenberries, blackberries, loganberries, some raspberries, apples, uh, quinces. cherries, quinces, hazelnuts. So we've got quite a plethora of uh, uh, varieties of uh, fruit bearing. Yep. Uh, trees and brambles I guess yep. and uh, at our uh, the other farm we've got uh, is uh, we've got cherries, apricots, pears, apples, uh, we've got raspberries so we've got uh, we've got 700 fruit trees out yeah, there beautiful and uh, we actually came here to make sheep's cheese so believe it or not <laughs> so we run sheep and cattle and um, so we haven't got to, we've got the DA for the cheesery, yep. for, for a sheep cheesery, uh, and we've initiated that DA, um, but uh, we, we would expect to get on to that uh, in the next year or so. Yeah, great. Um, and um, in terms of the berries, I guess one of the aspects of the farm as well is having the public come in and being able to sort of go out themselves. Fiona, maybe you want to tell us a bit about you know the response from the public and 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 the way it works with them coming in and picking their berries off the off the trees it's basically overwhelming isn't it <laughs> the support that we have because um, there's not a lot of pick your own berry farms left and yeah. uh, and because we're so close to sydney uh, but they just love it they love coming and uh, even though you can probably pick your punnet of berries in 10 or 15 minutes they're often up there for half an hour taking photos and they're just mm. enjoying it as a family time and teaching their children where the fruit and, and berries come from. So that's, as an ex-teacher, I find that, that side of it very exciting. And and they're delightful. On the whole, they're just delightful. They come in and they have a lovely time. We give all the kids a little sticker saying, I'm a, I'm a very good picker. And I have competition to see who picks the biggest berry for me. Um, so we just, we have a lovely mm. time with the, the public, don't yeah. we? Yeah, that's great. And it seems like you've, you've sort of formed a bit of a community in the sense that... Um, berries in general are so seasonal and um you know depend on the rain that you have or how dry the climate is and stuff and people have to keep in touch with you in order to know when that they when they can come through the berry farm and pick the berries yeah. we actually have a, a, a an email list uh for our newsletter we send out about three newsletters a year yeah and uh normally uh in early december we send one out that says uh, we've got berries available for the public to pick uh, sometimes it's in January, uh, but we've got to pick our own fruit first. And um, the, you know, I think this whole area has that opportunity for the public in that it's, you know, I think we'll take over from the Hunter Valley as a destination in the next 10 years. Uh, we've been here six and a half years, and it's changed so much in that time. And I really do believe with what other people are doing in the area. I'm sure many of them will be in your book. Yep. Um, the, uh, they've got great product, a great vision, and uh, th- what we have going for us here is we've got a uh, fantastic water supply. The groundwater here is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that makes agritourism and agriculture quite special in this area. Yeah, so and I think another thing, I guess, with the history of the Southern Highlands is that it's it's had those years to sort of develop and generations of experience in agriculture and farming mm. that has been mm. passed through to uh, um, you know the current the current landholders and stuff. Yes, and and I think the trick these days for farmers is to uh, value add, so they're dealing directly with the customer, uh, and I think that's happening more and more here. Yeah. Uh, in in quite interesting things, whether it's uh, free-range pork or whether it's uh, truffles, uh, olive oil, um, people are actually producing the end product more and more on their farm now, like mm-hmm. we are, yep. and uh, they've got their little stall on site or they've got their uh, specific distribution outlet in town. Yeah, or farmer's markets. Yeah, yep. or farmer's markets. So. That is, uh, you know, we've got six million people around us between Sydney, the coast and Canberra. And um, I think they're looking for an experience and a destination and they want to know what, where their food is and, and, yeah. and who's producing the product and meet, meet the owners. And, yeah, that's and fantastic. That, mm. And I think, you know, for a farmer, it, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for young people and experienced farmers to sell their stuff at a retail level which means that they don't have to be sort of beholden to the constraints of the big supermarket chains and um, you know price demands and, and mm. things like that you have a bit more freedom and flexibility to do your own thing and mm-hmm. engage with the community about what you produce and give them the education on it as well but, and importantly the flavor is different yeah like uh, berries you get in the supermarket cannot be picked ripe because they don't have a shelf life. Um, whereas uh, we pick our berries in the last three days of their life, really, yep. uh, when the sugar levels and, and the sweetness and the flavour goes through the roof. And so that's why our products taste different yep. to what you would get in a shop. Yeah. Because uh, we're quite conscious that we pick ripe fruit only. Uh, whereas uh, the, um, you know, if you're buying berries in the shop, uh, you know, whether it's blackberries or or raspberries or whatever, they're picked so that they've got a shelf life. Yeah. Not because they're absolutely perfectly ripe. Yeah. And, and with the berries that come off the trees, um, you've also got your own little shop here. Fiona, do you want to tell us about some of the products that you that you make out of your berries in the shop? Uh, we have a lot of fun in the shop. Um, we've only we probably only do about twelve products because we just wanted to make sure we did them well. So we've got our normal jams, uh, we've got a nice interesting vanilla bean and pear jam, um, and then we do a tomato and ginger jam, which was my grandmother's recipe, that's quite nice, and then we do pickled pears and then we do the berry vinegars. So there's not a huge range of things, but people know the product, they know that they're they're quality, and I think bar for one product we've won an award from the Sydney Fine Food Show, is it the Sydney Fine Food Show or the RAS? Uh, Royal Agricultural Society, uh, it's it's a fine food show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we won two gold medals and uh, out of the 360 entries uh, or so that go in each year, uh, one year they only awarded 11 golds Mm -hmm. for all the foods uh, exhibited. And uh, the other year, I think it was 16 gold medals. So yeah. to get a gold medal is pretty special. And, yeah. and both our sources, the boysenberry and the raspberry sauce, have both got gold medals. Fantastic. So, so um, it was pretty exciting, I have to say. Definitely. And, I mean, sort of 
with the cycle of having the community come through and pick their own berries and then being able to visit your shop once they're finished and see what the potential is of the product that they've come away with, what they can do with it, mm. the berries and vinegars must be a good experience for them as well. Mm. It's pretty exciting. And then, you know, we had a, a French couple that lived six months in Bundanoon and six months in France, and they came and got six jars of pickled pears because they said, we can't live in France for six months without our pickled pears. Yeah. And then our berry pies are going... Um, somebody was taking them to Melbourne last week and then somebody else was taking them to Brisbane. Yeah. I mean, that's really... From my point of view, very exciting that people are taking our products interstate, it's and uh, it's it, just a bit of fun. It, the same, the same sort of thing with my book. When, I, when you know the previous publications that we've done, when people have told me that they're sending them overseas or taking yeah. them interstate, mm. and the word spread a long distance geographically, it is an exciting yeah. feeling. Yeah, it, it is, and people email you and say, "Can we order this?" and and I pop it in the post and things, and. Um, for for our little shop, it's 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 just fantastic. But we have enormous support from the community, and and we get a lot of tourists in. But we're also very good at at saying, right, you've come here. Now, where else would you like to go in the Highlands? What would you like to do? And we send them like to Burnies yeah. if they want a different experience, or you know, the Red Cow Farm. You, you know, we're very especially this end. We're really yep. good at sending people. Uh, yeah. Like to Exeter and uh, what else do you want to do? Because yeah, as you can see, there's so much down here. There's a lot to it's discover down here. So exciting, and people don't know about it. Not enough. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. Um, and do you, with the community that you have amongst other farmers and business owners, chefs and things like that, is it is it sort of a working community where you can sort of provide information to your customers to send them to other people and vice versa and, and it's a bit of a sort of a organism in that way we've got a strong association called the southern Highlands food and wine association which i'm actually treasurer of and um so that goes across the wine and the food spectrum yeah and uh we've actually it's been going for uh more than or close to 10 years now in different formats but we've started to pull it all together. Uh, it's quite a financial organisation now, and so we're actually uh, developing some things from the producer point of view, as well as uh, markets and that for the um, uh, producers. Um, you know, we've just uh, financed a weather station here so that uh, you know wine growers and like berry growers and others can log into it and see what the potential for fungal growth is for instance oh, okay. and things like that so because it's uh, and, and basically you download the app for that and then you can say yes no I'm clear the temperature and the humidity means I don't have to spray or whatever so as an association we've started to do some technical things for our members as well as um, you know market promotion yeah fantastic we have a big festival each year so it is coming together and um the i think that's why i said in the next 10 years it'll be uh, it'll get uh, better quality as mm -hmm. well as larger uh, the quality is so important uh because without the quality you won't get the support from the customer yeah and uh, we all recognize silly. that <laughs> no. you know you can glam it up but if the end product is no good they're not going to come back yeah no. exactly you know um, I think um, also having these associations and having an opportunity to sell stuff at retail and have 
a community you know system farmers markets and things like that like you talk about with the growth in the next 10 years one of the aspects of that is younger people entering agriculture mm-hmm. as well um you know there's a lot of older farmers in the southern highlands all around australia that have been doing their thing for generations and i think these communities and you know farmers market systems and selling it to local produce shops that are, that, that are in town and things like that make younger people realize that they can make a living doing something that they enjoy mm. and get into agriculture and get into producing something that they're passionate about rather than sort of following a more secure and stable and more sort of run-of-the-mill career path. Mm. Yeah, I, I think think there is. Uh, there's capital const- requirements, obviously, you enter a business like that down here, uh, but you don't need a thousand acres. You can develop something on five acres. Yeah. As long as you've got good soil, good water, and the right aspect, you can do anything. Yep. Uh, if you don't have those three components, by good soil, I mean it's got to be suitable for what you're looking at doing. Uh, it's no good growing truffles on very rich soil because uh, that's not their favourite uh, environment to grow. If you go to France, it's the on a the trufferies are actually on rocky, pebbly, mongrel soil, which yep. I'd never be interested in. But the truffles don't have to compete with perennial grasses like we have here. Then, yep. whereas if you're looking at doing uh, vegetable growing or, or some value add to vegetables and uh, then you don't need a lot of land but you do need that good quality soil exactly as well as a good water supply and we have both down here yeah mm. definitely beautiful landscape and conditions for mm. all types of agriculture yep. here in the southern mm. islands um so talking about you know your jams and the things that you produce fiona you're a country cook and you've made a couple of dishes for us to shoot for the book today um do you want to just tell us a bit about them the first one was your berry puddings berry puddings well we are dessert people (laughs) (laughs) we'd all just forget the main courses and go straight for dessert so i'm always experimenting and that just seems to be a really lovely one um because you've got to go and pick the berries and 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 use them up I, and it's just but that, i mean the nice thing is you can use frozen berries in that dessert um but it's quick and it's easy yep. um and so you cook it in the oven in a the bit of the process you cook it yes. in the oven in a bain marie yes yeah uh so very easy um probably takes 10 or 15 minutes to get yourself up and then it cooks for sort of 30 40 minutes and then it's nice gorgeous on a summer's evening or even sort of getting into autumn and, and winter mm-hmm. um but i'm not I'm not a chef that wants to cook for hours. I, I don't have time, yep. you know, but we like fresh um, food, don't we? We mm. like, um, I don't like a lot of processed food. You know, yeah, of a lot course. of it's just freshened, um, yep. homemade. Fresh Ellie would not really know what, when she likes bought biscuits because they're a treat, but there's always usually homemade cakes or biscuits or... Pudding or pie yes, or, or something. something. Yeah. yeah. We, we eat our own products, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. It is. Um, and with, with a dish like that, you, you can basically make it and adapt it to whatever you've got available, yeah? That's exactly right. You yeah. don't have to use boysenberries. You could use any, any berry that you like. You don't have to have the berries in it. Uh, yeah. But we, of course, like our berries, so <laughs> <laughs> we're and a little biased. <laughs> yes, just got a few. Just got a few yeah. nearby. Yep, yep. And the second one, speaking of uh, quick, quick yeah. and easy food, you referred to it as the emergency sponge scroll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It is because it's those uh, when you have those friends ring up and say, oh, "I'll be around in ten minutes," and you go, 
I've got nothing in the cupboard. You can whip this up. I actually got the, uh, the recipe for Bruce's dad. Who's Who still 80, makes he it He still now. makes it. He's 87 and he has a farm in WA and he still makes it. And <laughs> I've learned it from him. And because we always have jam, uh, it's a really easy one. And honestly, 12, 15 minutes, it's yeah. made in the oven and served. So a simple sponge yes. with some of your own jam, whatever yes. you've got available. Yes. Which is usually blackberry, raspberry, boysenberry. There's another one, isn't there? Blackberry, boysenberry. Vanilla bean. Oh, I don't think that'd go so well. No, in no. It. no, no. So yeah. the berry jams. Very, very. It's got to be a berry jam <laughs> yeah. with with a dob of cream on the yeah, side. Yeah, uh, yes. There's always a dob of cream. Dob of cream with, with and Bruce some around. There's always. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't thought of berry sauce. That would be nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, we we make those, but yeah. we normally just. Uh, it's usually because it's quick. quick. It's like yeah, yeah. And I've always got as cream they're walking in the through the door, yes, you're rolling you go, it up, and you go, and then yeah. as you said, you walked in and said this smells nice, so it, it ticks all everything, doesn't it? it ticks it's, all uh, the boxes. Yes, and and when you come to the country, you don't want bought biscuits. Yeah. Do you? You sit out here on a veranda, have a cup of tea. You want a homemade cake. Yeah. You don't want bought biscuits. Are lovely, but you know what I mean. That's yeah. just. And that's not what we like to do. I like to give you something homemade. Yeah, of course. You know, um, as a as a country cook and a chef, do you want to tell us just a little bit about some of the? No, um, no. Yeah, you're right. No, no. Okay. Um, some of the some of the other things that you like cooking in the kitchen with maybe some of the local produce or wines that you have around the region. Any Ooh. other favourites? Oh, Bruce, one. what's your favourite? Oh, there's so ma- so <laughs> much oh. to choose from. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I guess. Uh, uh, I love using um, Kim's olive oil yep. in, in a lot of yeah, cooking. Yeah, olive oil is, is beautiful. From Sutton Forest, Sutton Forest, yes, Forest olives. Yeah. yeah, Sutton Forest olives. Um, Banjo's run wine. No, uh, I drink that. Know, I don't cook with it. We drink with <laughs> that as we cook it, and the same with others. It's, it's but in terms of raw ingredients, you know, there's Robertson potatoes. Uh, yeah. They grow a whole heap of varieties down there, and and they're fresh. Yeah. And you, they're available locally, so you know you're getting good quality product um, the thing is to try and eat in season and uh, like get things that are seasonal yeah and, and I guess the southern highlands has very distinct seasons so it does. which is the, beautiful yeah so mm. the you know the produce fits mm. as well it's it's, mm. it's not like a sort of a climate where you know you get a really long summer or a long winter and then a couple of couple of months of, mm. of, of you no. know the other the other temperature so but it's the interesting thing is is part of the job here is actually educating people from Sydney because we get people in winter come I'm coming berry picking <laughs> no you're not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't the understand the seasons and I'm being honest I probably didn't understand when I lived in Sydney as much as I do now that it is seasonal like and like two years ago when we had all those bushfires and we all got a light frost like a lot of the vineyards lost their, their grapes and we lost what 70% of our berries mm. but people don't understand that I'm coming to pick berries no, you're not. They've, you know, and I actually had to get. This is what they've. What this is what the frost has done, and this is what the natural cycle is. Yeah. And that's also part of educating people is to, just because you want it now, because we've been trained that everything's always available in supermarkets and things. Um, it's not necessarily the right time for them, and that's why we we really like seasonal. I mean, as you're too young, but when we grew up, you know. Christmas meant cherries and peaches and you know and then they weren't ready they weren't available the rest of the year whereas now you can have them in the shops all year but that's why they haven't got the flavor yeah so you the know? apples you, apples we're buying from the shops now are 10 months old yeah. minimum whereas there is nothing nicer than picking an apple off the tree 
and and we make oh actually that's something else we do make we make apple, apple and jelly. Cha- ampl- apple and champagne jelly and the quince wine jelly yeah with our fruit but like we often make um no we've only made it twice apricot jam but that's because the apricots haven't come yeah. you know for some reason so and right. then they only last in the shop for about a month because they go oh they've got apricot jam and yeah. then it's all gone again <laughs> yeah. and then it's like well we now have to wait until we get the next batch of apricots. The problem with apricots here is where sort of uh, our elevation is uh, such that if you get a frost, they flower in August, and you get a real heavy frost before the fruit sets, then you don't get any fruit. Yeah. Because it freezes the flowers. So, and the same with the berries or any other fruit, you know. So you get that real heavy frost during flowering, and then that's it. You've got to wait till next year or the year after or whatever. Yeah. So that's farming, and uh, people people don't see that in their day to day life, and because things are so convenient, and that's the great success of supermarkets. The the the, the big negative of supermarkets is uh, with storage technology these days, they can store things for so long that the flavour's not there. Mm-hmm. But they don't. They, they can't necessarily pick things when they're ripe. Like uh, you know, tomatoes are coloured with ethylene gas, the same as bananas. To they're bit, they're picked green. Apricots don't have the flavour that you get in, off the tree because they're picked green and and they're coloured with ethylene gas to turn them orange. So if they they look perfect fruit, absolutely, but the flavour's not there. Yeah. So um, you know, uh, the consumer demands perfectly looking fruit, but. Um, that hasn't got necessarily the flavour. Yeah. Uh, although it looks fantastic, and they think they're getting the best quality, but I'd say far from it. Yeah. So the challenge for the consumer is to find something that's vine ripened or tree ripened uh, that actually doesn't have a shelf life of uh, weeks, and uh, but has the flavour, and mm. you'll be eating flavoursome or delicious product again. Yeah, and I think you know. The only way to sort of change that mentality is having people like yourselves and other farmers and other groups around the community doing what you're doing and educating people about seasonality mm. and mm. about freshness and about how how farming works and about how products aren't mm. necessarily available the whole year, mm. um, which is fantastic. Um, well, we get quite a few school groups through here and uh, other interest groups and and. It's interesting the questions you get, um, and uh, the yeah, a lot of them because they get a certain type of fruit or whatever in the supermarket all year. They just assume you grow it all year, but um, you know it's it's not not the case. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, just finally, so if we quickly run through all the aspects of what you guys do here, you've got a shop where you sell your jams, your vinegars, your sauces. Yep. Um, pies. Pies. You've got a working farm where you sell where you sell your berries from, mm-hmm. and then also that's open to the public to come and pick their own when, when, when it's available. When when, when we say it's available, it's available yep. and during season. Um, and you were saying you serve as a function venue as well for weddings and things too. Yeah, we we hold weddings on the property because of its heritage gardens and its uh, the heritage. Uh, Homestead, uh, we hold weddings, and uh, it's been a wedding venue for oh, since 1988. Yep. And um, so it's got a long history of weddings here, and uh, and as you can see, it's 
it's pretty beautiful. It's beautiful. It mm. is. It really, and it's really beautiful. <laughs> it, and that's, we get a lot of Sydney, well, we get them from the coast, Sydney and Canberra. And overseas. Yes. But it's just, it's just, it's a privilege to have them on the property, to share mm. your property yeah. with them. And so that happens most weekends. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm just guessing here, but I'd, I'd, I'd say that a few guests go home with a little jam or something like that as well. Yes, we do them as little bonbonaries. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but no, they just relax and they come. We say it's the closest thing to home wedding without actually being at home. Yeah. Because they come in and decorate on, on the Friday, then they come in and get married on the Saturday. So there hasn't been one that we haven't had a kiss goodbye mm. from, has there? No. And you know. the trees you're looking at here in front of us off the veranda are sort of, they're 150 years old yeah. and we couldn't grow them in our life, let alone our grandparents' life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, we fell in love with the trees. Um, the Yes, he said, Can, do you want to build a house? And I said, I haven't got time for the trees to grow. No. But <laughs> so right. we've also got a cottage as well. Yes, so we, we, we have a cottage, but really our main business is, is the berries and the, the fruit and the weddings yeah uh, the, the cottage is sort of ancillary to that and the uh and we run a blog which you know we has all our seasonal variations on mm -hmm. it and so where where do pe if people want to find that uh, if they, they type in montrose berry farm blog yeah then that'll come up yeah no worries yeah. and the website if they want to just check it out uh, www.montroseberryfarm .com.au com .au, easy to find and and through that they can get your newsletter and keep in yeah, touch about register when. on the home page for our newsletter yep. and uh, the it's um, it uh, has all the detail about us but probably the best thing is to look at the blog yep. to get an idea of what we do here and uh, it shows how much fun we have here yeah great you know, that's what it's about really fantastic mm. so um, yeah we'll we'll wrap things up Thank you so much, Bruce and Fiona, for being a part of our publication. You know, it's definitely a place on the map where anyone should stop if they're mm. in the Highlands, stop by, mm. come to the shop, get a couple of products, and if, if it's available, come and pick some berries or think about for a wedding venue as well. Mm. So thanks for being a part of it. Thanks for being a part of the wonderful Southern Highlands food community where you know people can get educated about where their food comes from. Um, you know, it's so important. So thank you very much, Bruce. Thank you. No worries. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Quicksand Food Connection. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Bruce and Fiona from Montrose Berry Farm. If you want to find out more about Montrose, you can go to their website, which is montroseberryfarm.com.au. They also have a blog, montroseberryfarmblog.com. And you can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at Montrose Berry Farm. If you want to find out more about Quicksand Food, you can check out our website. It's quicksandfood.com. There you can purchase a copy of the Southern Highlands Cookbook. And for free, you can download every episode of the Quicksand Food Connection podcast that runs in conjunction with the Southern Highlands Cookbook. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us at Quicksand Food on Instagram and on Facebook. Thanks for joining us this time and we'll check in again soon. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.